Hello and welcome to the Beard and Glasses podcast with me, Stephen Hayes and Ben Greasley. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. Episode two, um, we're hoping for bigger and better this time around. Uh, what what were your feelings on our um, introduction episode? I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time chatting over how we'd possibly podcast. Um, I think we probably started strong and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I got a little weak towards the end. I think we rambled on a little bit. Mm. I got a I got a brilliant review from Dave, my next door neighbour, <laughs> which was, I've heard worse podcasts. And I, I think I'll take that at the moment. He <laughs> also, a, go on. Great compliment, isn't it? It is. He also so called me la- Millhouse. <laughs> Last week we had um, your wife saying that uh, neither of us were that funny. <clears throat> and this week I've heard worse podcasts. So Yeah, I, I think that's a step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah. Although Dave is an Aussie, isn't he? He is, yeah. But he's quite a discerning character, I think. I think he knows he know, he knows <laughs> his pop culture and he listens. So he's a, a, a developer, so he knows and listens to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I don't, so, know, I don't know why I said although he's an Aussie. Like that was some sort yeah. of um, debilitating element of being able to judge a podcast's quality or not. Yeah, does that negate his... his taste immediately well it does negate his taste immediately sorry dave mm. he's our only listener at the moment and we're already bad mouthing him <laughs> that's true <laughs> um but in our defense we haven't done anything to publicize this so it's um I- i'm i'm not i'm not sweating so ben this week we wanted to do something with a little bit more focus rather than just the inane rambling of our introductory episode and this week we're asking the question, is Star Wars rubbish? That, that's a... So we chatted a little bit about this beforehand, and I think this is a really big topic. I think this is something that is heavy duty for us to be taking on in our second episode. Mm. Um, and what what do you mean by, is Star Wars rubbish? So I think, firstly, I don't think we need to tackle all manner of Star Wars in, in this episode. But what what I did think was valid was to look at the question, is it rubbish? Because ultimately, you've got the original trilogy. Yeah. But then the prequels are most mostly awful. And then the sequel trilogy is mostly awful, if we're really honest. Which we can unpack a little bit. So yeah. So the vast majority of this franchise is meh. So I just thought we'd dig into it. Is can you say Star Wars is brilliant, or do you, as as an overriding franchise, does it have a couple of good moments, but ultimately is quite weak? I think that's a that's a broad question. I think, I mean, we we always want to keep everything light. So I come from the opposite perspective of I think Star Wars, and I'm using inverted commas. I'm using this whole big thing, Star Wars is fantastic. I absolutely love Star Wars. But, and this is a big but, Mm. I I think if you pull the question down to are the films any good, I would say no. I think they're terrible, terrible films. But I think think Star Wars as a concept, as a thought, as a universe, as a a whatever else, as as a touchstone of pop culture i think is fantastic um but they're two different questions so what would you consider to be the are you talking about just the whole universe that was originally created 
Yeah, so I love that. So because people might say, surely Star Wars is the films. It, well, yeah, and if if and this is what I was talking to someone about earlier. If Star Wars wasn't this thing, and if you found the original New Hope film and you just put that film on for someone, they would reasonably objectively sit there and say, "This this is not a good film. The screenplay is awful." The acting is awful. The action between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader at the end is <laughs> Hey, they laughable. do a, they, One of them does a little turn midway through. He does do a little turn, you're right. He spins around. Which in actual combat would be a massive disadvantage. <clears throat> I, S- suddenly it, turning your back on the person with a quote-unquote laser sword. I know. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, I mean, it's saved by the amazing effects of ILM, one of the first things they worked on. It's saved by this. You go into that cinema and you watch this film and it's this, I mean, the first shot of the huge, um, star is it a Star Destroyer? Um, what's the, sp- I'm going to be corrected. Hopefully if we have listeners, someone will correct me. <laughs> well, listener. Right to- a listener, Dave, are we right or not? Um, as you know, that spaceship comes in overhead in that first shot. Mm. It is an amazing shot. I think cinematically there are some beautiful things in there. But then people start talking and they start, even in those original trilogy films, they start talking about stuff and it's just rubbish. And you start a <laughs> film with a big scroll and you talk about trade disputes and the Senate and this and that. And we haven't even started talking about the prequels. No. Some of, it, some of that stuff is what's so iconic. The opening um, scroll, 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 crawl. I don't know. Yeah, but is okay. it good? Well, okay. If you so have to do that, is it any good? Let's unpack a little bit of just not detail here, but just your initial feelings on the original trilogy, then prequels, then sequels. So cool. for me, the original trilogy. When I watched it as a child, I loved it. Um, I think, you know, before scrutiny of what is good dialogue became, you know, a factor in my thinking, Mm -hmm. I just enjoyed the films for what they were. I related to the characters. Um, Who were you? Who did you relate to? Uh, Wicket. (laughs) Was Um, he in the first one? No. No. But I I watched them all together on the... VHS. Yes, as did I. Uh, so for me, it's, it's a similar thing. I can't separate out from my my adolescence and from my growing up with without Star Wars. I can't remember the first time I watched the films. No. I for me, they are intrinsically connected with uh, chicken and mushroom pot noodles. <laughs> for some reason, I would always have a chicken and mushroom pot noodle and then watch a Star Wars film, one of the three, on like a Saturday afternoon. And my two sisters and my parents, they just weren't into it at all. I think they got it for me on the VHS so that I could just sit and watch it endlessly on repeat. And I did. Yeah. So I can't remember a time before Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father. Sorry, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. Well, if someone hasn't seen it and they're listening to this, then more fool you, I would say. More fool you, absolutely. Can you remember life before Leia and the gold bikini? No, I can't. That That was an interesting... Uh, moment for me see i was young enough when i first saw it that 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 wasn't even a consideration no you're right yeah it was just that 
Why is she wearing that? That's a weird thing. Didn't even question it. No. Um, so then, when the announcement that the prequels were being made, <clears throat> did you have a lot of lot of anticipation waiting for those films to come out, or certainly the first one? Um, <clears throat> I don't think so. So I I remember watching the films. It was it was before I was. So I'm trying to work out the timeline of I would have watched the three films endlessly on repeat at home. I would have known a bit about them making the prequels, but um, it wasn't the whole internet furor that you get now with films. No. And and anyway, I think we still need to talk about the, the original trilogy a bit more as to what is... So yeah, growing up, they would have been those three films. I would have absolutely loved them. I wouldn't have questioned pacing or dialogue or acting or no. any of those kind of things. Um and I would have enjoyed them each individually, but even then, my favourite was definitely Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. It it just was. Before it was a, a pop culture thing to like that one. It's yeah. just, you know, you've got the, the At-At walkers walking along through the ice, and it's just a great film, and it's... I love Han Solo in the whole thing, and you get to meet Yoda. Yoda! Yeah. It's all... And he's a puppet, and... <laughs> yeah. He's an entirely believable character, and he's fantastic. Mm. And I apps and and that film for me is the one that stands out of those three original films. For me, Return of the Jedi when I was young was my favorite because I think it's probably the most child friendly of the original films. Really, but then, yeah, I don't I don't know how influenced I was by. The fact that you're just supposed to to like Empire, so therefore <laughs> you just kind of think, oh yeah, it is the best one. But I would now definitely say it is Yoda, fantastic. And I think whereas I suppose um, the first film, Star Wars, now A New Hope, it's quite easy to critique because the dialogue isn't great. Luke is, mm. I, I swear every time I watch it, Luke gets whinier. And, he does. Um, <laughs> he, he full on does. He gets whinier each time, and I don't yeah. know how. And um, and then you look at Jedi, and you've got the Ewoks, and they're oh, they're don't, pretty please. rubbish. How? And... Uh, let's talk about this a second. How do a squadron of elite um, Emperor guards get taken out by a bunch of furry hobbits? Well, they throw a few stones at them, but. How how did they prepare all of those different weapons so that they could take out these vehicles? <laughs> I don't know. How long are they pre- preparing this insurrection? Long time. And it just occurred to <clears> me, <throat> and it probably has before, but cognitively thinking, why in the hell do stormtroopers wear armour? Oh, there's there's a reason for this. Because a, um, a blaster takes them out. Yeah. So what's the other threat? A lightsaber? It's not going to stop a lightsaber. There, There is a reason. I'm going in... No, it's Mind something palace. in the back of my head. <laughs> There's a reason for it. I think it's... I know in the <clears throat> the new trilogy, the helmet keeps gases out and there's other bits and pieces. <laughs> There's Now, we, we both have a, a friend um, who knows a lot about Star Wars. Um who I could <clears throat> I could ask, but he's in a different time zone. We may get him on for another episode about this, and he'll be able to go. He's read all the novels. He's gone into the full depth. I don't want to know that. 
I don't think proper, our listener wants to know nerd. that either. No. Proper nerd. We can look down on him at least. Yeah. So we're all right with that. There is a reason for it, but their armor, I, I mean, it's again, it's the whole mocking culture thing of their aim is horrific. <laughs> Their helmets are designed with their eyes so far apart that they couldn't actually see if they had a human head inside them. But as a piece of set design and as a piece of um, as fashion design, as something that's iconic, mm. the, the idea of Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers is iconic. Yeah. There is no other villain who is so archetypal. And yet, I would say, again... Rewatching the original trilogies, that Darth Vader gets less scary every time. And he's, only... and he's, he's having these little like squabbles, and people aren't really. It, certainly in the in the first one, people aren't even that respectful of him, and they're, and they're kind of mocking his ancient religion. And um, I don't know, it's just weird. Maybe the fact that um. His oh, what's what's it called? His his theme, um, the march. Yeah, what's it called? The Imperial March. The Imperial March uh, isn't in the first film, and maybe that's why he doesn't carry the same. Did you... Is it not? Nope. That that right. it is not in the first film. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm gonna yeah. have to sit and listen to that. <laughs> right, it's going back on. It's got to be in the first... Is it not? Is it just second film when he's there second, on his super it, it, dark it Star in, Destroyer? Yeah, second film it comes in. Right, okay. I mean, you're right. He They're talked about as the Emperor's lapdog. Mm. He's derided by... Or Peter Cushion, who plays whatever his face is. Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah. The only time in Star Wars film that I've been scared of Darth Vader is in Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah, exactly. The best scene in the whole of Rogue One <laughs> yeah. where he's... The corridor scene. I watched that film yesterday, actually. So good. I fancied watching it. And I did it. I watched the whole <laughs> thing to get to that one scene where he's in the corridor and everyone... He, it's dark and his lightsaber and it's just perfect. And you've got the siren. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's so good. That's um, great. But yeah, back, we're back on point. So I guess when you look at the original trilogy it's iconic i mean john williams score <clears throat> makes it a, t- a 10 out of 10 straight away because it's, I, it's so good i think we need to have an episode on john williams yeah i could definitely. very easily do a john williams episode but yeah that elevates it massively and for me the thing about the original trilogy even the original one is the film isn't fantastic it's I can be, there's a beginning, middle, and end. There is character development. There is change and everything else that you want in a film. But it's mm. the it's the universe. It's the idea of magical wizards with laser swords and flying through space. And let's, let's never call it laser sword again. <laughs> it is a laser sword, though. I mean, I think okay. Yeah, as of twenty eighteen. Okay, I I mean I sadly I grew up calling it a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what a saber was. I, no, I think I prob- probably did as well. And I think a... I, I used to say Dark Vader as well. Yeah, exactly. You're a kid. You grow up with these things. You what a little things. little schmuck I was. We were both little schmucks, sadly. Yeah, you in particular, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I think we can say the original trilogy, whilst you can critique it and it does not hold up to scrutiny, ultimately great music birthed a whole universe 
um, about the characters ultimately, and you and you cared what happened. So it it has so many quotable lines. It has so many things that that just define a whole generation of people who watched it. Yeah. So then, for our generation, I guess we would have been eleven or twelve uh, yeah. when when the pre- first prequel film came out. So Which... be be honest. So when Phantom Menace came out, did you think, "Oh, that was terrible," or actually enjoy it? Um, I didn't think it was terrible, but I'm twelve. But I didn't think it was fantastic. I didn't. So. You know, everyone goes in, and I loved the pod racing. I thought the pod racing was fantastic. It was this now amazing thing. Now that was thing. pod racing. No, but then you get stuff like that. <laughs> but you don't notice when you're a kid, but if you... Am, I mean, am I supposed to be critiquing Star Wars as my 12-year-old self, or am I supposed to be looking at it well, as, is Star Wars rubbish now? No, is Star Wars rubbish now, overall? Uh, is it more bad than good? But what I'm saying is, as part of that, did you... In the same way that I knew Empire was good when I was older, yeah. I, I have to say with Phantom <clears throat> Menace, I went to see it, and I don't think I knew knew it was bad until I got older. I I knew it wasn't fantastic. There were bits of it I didn't like. I didn't like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I, I just didn't... Yeah, that wasn't Star Wars to me, that the whole falling about. I loved... But it's such a film of two halves. When you get to the end and you get the lightsaber battles and you see Jedi in their pre-Empire yeah. state, this amazing thing, and you've got Ewan McGregor in it and what's his face? What's his face? Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson being the most Jedi-y Jedis ever, which is amazing, and you get this um, this new Star Wars film score. You've got to, by this point, I've watched the original trilogy hun- literally hundreds of times, mm. and to have something new in that universe, and you get these shiny new ships, you get these brilliant visual effects, and a plastic Yoda, and you get, <laughs> or, you know, so so yeah, Phant- Phantom Menace, Jewel of the Fates, oh. um, and that fight is incredible. I think the one of the greatest issues I think I was somewhere in my being I was conscious of was the fact that it was so futuristic. Oh yeah, in comparison to the original ones, we got big buttons and switches yeah, and sounds seventies esque. Yeah. So for them to have stylistically changed the universe so dramatically. It didn't really feel like Star Wars. No, you're right, it doesn't. It doesn't have that same aesthetic to it. It's got too much touchscreen interfaces and clever stuff going on that they try and they try and kind of crossfade between the two, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, and the CG is crap. Uh yes, it really is. So for me for a while I I worked in the visual effects industry. I spent a lot of time in those kind of circles. What? And yeah. <laughs> Didn't you know this? You worked in the visual effects industry. I did, yes. We'll talk about this in another episode. This it's not helping my millhouse geekdom, is it really? Well, I how did I not know that? Um, I did it for four or five years. Um, we'll talk about it on another episode. You're not you're not responsible for the Scorpion King, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> That's. Uh, 
that's that has a certain circle in hell for the guys who did that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. But no, no. I so I, I worked in that industry for a little while, and I, yeah, I could go quite deep into why that is so terrible, and I and why the films now, the new films and stuff coming out, are going back to um, physical effects. Why they're going back to having stuff on set. Why they're going back to the big sets. You look at ILM when they did the original trilogy, and there's tiny models and stuff everywhere mm. and then you look at ILM when they did the original trilogy and it's just a green screen soulless and yeah it's soulless and it's just it's just George gone mad and we haven't really spoken about George much at the moment well you've got you've got to, I feel for the guy a little bit in as much as you can feel for a guy worth four billion pounds or whatever um but <laughs> most Star Wars fans can't stand him. Yet he, we wouldn't have Star Wars without him. So you have to give him some credit for at least having the initial idea. But I think he probably got lucky in a lot of ways. It's it's kind of self-loathing on the next level, really, isn't it? Yeah. You can't do it without him, but you hate his guts because, in my mind, with the original, well, the the trilogy, the episodes one, two, and three, the prequels bastardized and destroyed not destroyed but tarnished so much of what i enjoyed in the the original trilogy so what would you say is the strongest of the prequel films um so it's not i mean episode one has the clearest plot Mm -hmm. it goes it's got a construction to it which i enjoy um what's the second one called it's uh, attack of the clones attack of the clones is awful (laughs) <laughs> in a thousand different ways. It's just got Hayden Christensen talking about sand. Oh, the sand. Is that the second? Yes, second one. It's the it? sand, yes. It's coarse and whatever. Irrit- and irritating. Gets ir- ir- it gets everywhere. Irritating. Gets everywhere. I- yes, sand. <laughs> Where you, he- you can just imagine George Lucas sat on a beach somewhere writing that scene like, sand is really annoying. Yes. Where it's just the, the most... Now, I'm not a screenwriter and I could never possibly write anything at any point and this is sadly a critique coming from someone who is fully incapable but mm. the dialogue's awful the anakin you've the whole i i wish i did hadn't you hadn't given me that kiss and all this other stuff is just terrible though i do love i do love obi-wan kenobi in that film i think that he just i think ewan mcgregor has so much fun with the character and he does a great job he does a really oh. good job he and, just um, does this fantastic thing with General Grievous and just this. Yeah, I could watch more of that. And that's, as you said, General Grievous. It made me think <laughs> one one massive, massive problem with that trilogy is this need to have a new uh, villain for each film. Whereas if they just kept Maul alive, oh. then it would have been totally different because you could have developed him as a baddie. But instead, you've got Maul in the first one, who's genuinely scary. Then you've he's got, great. Then you've got flipping Dooku. Yeah. Um, General Grievous. Yeah. And who is it in the third one? Um... <laughs> then it's Anakin in the third one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as we kind of take the discussion onto the sequel trilogy... So you've got the first three, the original trilogy, mostly good, but with a few bad moments. The prequel bad, films... Bad, hang on, whoa, whoa. Original trilogy, 
bad films, great universe. The universe is enough to justify the films. That's where I would go on those original trilogy. I'm not sure you can say they're bad films. Um, but then the prequels start the conversation going towards is Star Wars rubbish because when the bad starts out to outweigh the good, then, you know, it's a valid question. So I would not really sit down and watch those for enjoyment. No, I would watch... So the the order of films that I watch has become slightly muddied with the new... So I would probably watch... Oh, where would I watch? I'd watch Solo, Rogue One, Episode 4, 5... Two, three, six, seven, eight, nine, and not watch episode one at all. Mm. I, I think some uh, <clears throat> nerd out there has condensed the first three, the prequel films, into one movie. I right, in which case we'll watch that together and then review it. That'd be good. Yes, yeah. so we'll have we'll have to dig see if that's still out there or whether or not they've taken it down. Um, okay, so. Yeah, so the prequel films have a few decent moments, strong musically again, but ultimately a little bit lacklustre. And then moving into 2015 or 2014, when you hear, oh, they're making a, a sequel trilogy yeah. with J.J. Abrams at the helm, I yeah. have to say, I was, I was so excited. So was I. So I loved... so. Going between the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy, um, the original ones was kind of before my time in terms of internet mm. buzz and everything else. But then as I've gotten older and I've been spending more time on the internet, going through the the sequel trilogy, knowing when Disney bought out Lucasfilm mm. and the fact that George wasn't going to be on the project anymore and it had new directors who could direct stuff that I really liked already... And then taking this fantastic source material and running with it, I was more excited for the sequel trilogy than I think any other film that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty excited. I was pretty excited. And then I went to go see The Force Awakens. Yeah. And I watched it and I'm sat there with, again a mutual friend of ours who's as super nerdy as you can get and we're both sat there and we're going this isn't as bad as the prequel trilogy yeah but that's a horrible position to be in you don't want to be phrasing something in terms of this isn't as bad as the stuff that was done not long ago and when you're that excited I think there's something in you that fights to um, it's it's almost like it's just a little airborne, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, when I went to see um, The Force Awakens, I think I came out thinking that was brilliant. But it was almost like stages of grief, and the first stage is <laughs> denial. <laughs> you think, oh, it's, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it was good. Yeah, definitely, definitely good. And then it, what happens is the more you use your own discernment and now in the you know youtube age of every film getting dissected by every man and his dog mm. you think okay it was a bit of a remake of new hope but you forgave them that because they needed to um hit the, almost hit the reset button a little bit 
so I, I got into the film and I'm sat there watching it a certain percent of the way through and I go, oh, this is a new hope again. Mm. Okay, great. That's fine. I can understand that. Right. We've got a new master villain. I want to know more about him. Mm. We've got Ray. I want to know more about her. Then we've got kind of the supporting cast. Sorry, supporting cast that I don't really want to know that much more about. They're just there to yeah. help things along. I d- See, I didn't need to know more about Han Solo. I loved who Han Solo was. I don't need to know more about him. No. We can carry on. You don't need to know that his name is Solo because he was on his own. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Solo maybe a little bit. But yeah, so I, I didn't mind that it's a reset. I didn't mind that it's taking the previous cast and using it as that transition point. And J.J. Abrams is fantastic at the question box, the idea yeah. of setting things up. Yeah. So I came out of that. And even with everything, you know, the discussions that you have on the Internet and I would talk with you and others about it. I still like that film. I think it's an enjoyable film. I like that it's got our new, you know, our new cast, our new villains in whatever way. Mm. And then the next film comes along. Well, so for me, uh, Force Awakens, yeah, overall good a good reset and it posed some very interesting questions indeed yes. and so loads of intrigue and okay you you've got to think you know i'm i've attempted a few scripts in my time um and it's it's a it's a fun thing to do now and then but i'm just thinking of these people hang on hang on you you write scripts for fun you sit and just write them at home well no when i was probably about a decade ago um, the BBC had a thing called uh, the Writers' Room, yeah, where you could sub- submit scripts and they'd read every one. And basically, right. the first they read the first ten pages, and I think it was something like ninety-five plus percent. They read read the first pages and then think there's nothing in it, and you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't even hear back. And then uh, somewhere between one and five percent get read in total, and then yeah. like one percent get feedback. Yeah. And then an even smaller point, whatever, actually get um, brought into production. So I got to the point where I actually got feedback from the BBC on, on this script. Do you still have it? It'll, it'll be somewhere, yeah. Can you send it to me? I can send it to you. Yes, um, please. So um, so writing, if you're a writer, you you have to be a creative. And it and it's it's breathtaking that two of the original films as in the 1970s slash 80s films, yep. had the same ultimate threat, i.e. the Death Star. And yes. I'm staggered that they sat around for this new trilogy and thought, right, another Death Star? Yep. <coughs> well, we can't call it that. No, no, of course not. Well, Starkiller Star Base. Base. Yeah. <sighs> that's what it is. People will not realise that's pretty <clears throat> much another Death Star. And what's it going to do? Destroy planets? Brilliant. Oh, but multiple planets at once now. We've up the Ooh. ante. With planets, I couldn't give a toss about. Yeah, they didn't really set that up. I mean, it's the whole, it's the whole thing of unless you you have any personal connection to the people on those planets, then it's like Alderaan. Exactly. I, I didn't really care about Alderaan blowing up. No, and nobody knew it's if just it was a called dot. Alderaan or Alderaan. I'm um, going with Alderaan. Leia didn't seem that bothered, if I'm honest. No, she's grown up there her whole life. I'd be quite annoyed if Earth blew up. I would be. I would look more shocked to see a dog run over than she looks to see her entire home planet blown up. Yes, you're right. She looks but like that's... A, a bug has just been smushed, and she's like, oh. 
But you've got to imagine the direction she's received prior to that scene. <laughs> well, yeah, quite. Um, so I think ultimately you get to the end of Force Awakens and you think it's not perfect. It's borrowed heavily from its predecessor, but it's good enough. And then what came <clears throat> afterwards was yes. awful. You, and you I knew buy... it was awful very Oh, quickly. I know. You buy into a... F- the Force Awakens because of your future hope for what's going to come afterwards. Right, you have to align this. That you was have to get this sorted. Hope. It was. So that the next film can now move in a new way and get something interesting. And yes, the new film does go in a new way and something very different and divisive and interesting and annoying and wrong and terrible and So you didn't I remember you weren't initially I think you had the denial thing because you initially said oh there's some things you know it's, it's not terrible yeah but then time goes by and you think right so you know you think of the script session where they thought right here's the basic outline you know you know a, um a chase you know yeah. films like, yeah yeah brilliant well we're gonna have one of those but really slow okay and now suddenly we're gonna introduce fuel into the star wars universe which is like i've never seen han solo fueling up the millennium falcon and it just it takes it makes it less magical somehow so so yeah i don't want to see where they i don't want to see where they space poop no i don't need to know stuff like that i don't need to know any i go to the film for escapism i don't need full realism of this that and the other i don't need to worry about that and i don't want to see what i can only assume is a moof you know that Han Solo was called a moof milker at one point. Yeah. I think on Luke's planet, that that's what a moof is. Yeah, and I love that that massive cow thing. That's the thing, yeah, that turns so and looks... dejected. I know, and I love the fact that it's a physical <laughs> model, that they had to helicopter the thing in to that one place in Scotland somewhere to film this it's, one um, scene. It's an Irish island, I believe. Uh, um, I, I, love the, I love the production value in that film, and yeah, I love the, the way it looks. really good. But I think all the stuff about, you know, Luke throwing away the lightsaber and, you know, just the um, defying expectations stuff. I'm doing nothing by doing... I'm doing something by doing nothing. Yeah, and and we won't go go into this massively because I think it's probably a bit heavy. But I think Disney struggle these days to not have an agenda in their movies. So there's, so there's, there's these little moments where you just think, like um, Admiral Holdo, is it or whatever her name is? Oh yeah, where she was so bad. Where she just doesn't share the information with Poe. Yeah, is it Poe? Poe, yeah, that, Poe Dameron. Much, that's how much I care. I and, know. Um, and it's just like silly man should have listened to the woman, and it's so on the nose. Yes, and of course there will be instances in the world where a silly man should have listened to a woman. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But it, it was so on the nose and it made you dislike her but not really like him. So it kind of just it, it was just odd. Then the whole Canterbite thing was awful. So you could you can just cut the whole thing out. I mean yeah, I like you can, entirely. I like Del is it Del Toro? Yeah. He plays the kind of stuttering guy. I kinda of like him a little bit. Yeah. I kinda of get that. But then Yeah, but... I wanted to like him, but then he equally you know, I just think it it came to nothing. I'm trying to think of the other part. I mean, it's so it's sadly very forgettable. I mean, I hate the whole 
let the past die, kill it if you have to, whole line. I'm, I'm well, not, they, they not... might as well have winked to the camera. I know they said that. <laughs> I mean, what I what I called that film after it came out was um, the Millennial Falcon. Ooh. The idea of you don't have to follow either side of any size. You don't have to pick sides. You've got to forge your own yeah, way. Yeah, there is no good it, or bad. It's middle. No good. It's, yes. Sod off. Oh, the, I want to watch a movie Yeah, with villains the, and heroes. Whereas the prequel trilogy is um, you are either for me or against me or whatever it is. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. Yeah. And it just goes from that then immediately to let the past die and kill it if you have to. And uh oh. I mean, I would say every major setup in the first film is ruined in uh, it The is. Last Jedi. So There's got, no payoff whatsoever. You so don't get got, the prestige of anything. Ray's parents, doesn't matter. You've got Snoke. He's not really anyone. Um, you've got what's happened to Luke. Well, Luke's just miserable now. Everything they set up has a... Anticlimactic anticlimax. It's just, it's just mean-spirited. The whole thing is, is just... I just find it unpleasant to watch. I just, yeah. And I'm a freak when it comes to buying films and continuity and wanting them all to have, you know, I've got, I've, you got, are. I've got the films yeah. on my bookshelf or DVD shelf, if you will, or, Blu- or Blu-rays. And even if one of them comes out and the like 20th century Fox logo slightly lower, it annoys me because I just yes. want it to look consistent. Yeah, and absolutely. I did not buy The Last Jedi. I just thought I'm not buying it. I borrowed yours, in fact. You did borrow mine. So I, I, was, I have it on the shelf. Yeah, I because... watched it a second time and thought, I'm going to give it one more go. And I was even more frustrated. The Knights of Ren didn't show up. Yeah, what happened to the Knights of Ren? Well, they showed up for about five minutes in did... the last one. Yeah, and he kills him in about 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And, uh... Yeah. So what did you think of the climax? Of the of that second film or of the third one? The third one. Oh, the Emperor's back. Mm, suddenly. Oh, but it was the Emperor the whole time. <gasps> and raise his daughter, his granddaughter. Yeah, I sh- that should have and... been a massive payoff moment. And it was like, oh, okay, sure. And um... <laughs> that's, yeah, that is my that was my response. I was like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, why not? Okay, you've got to put her somewhere. So, okay, we'll put her there. Yeah. <sighs> and then, but I, I mean, I did, oh, but then the connection between Ray and... Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. What the force time thing? That the force thing now means the Emperor can sort himself out. I mean, that's just that's just cheap video games to me. Mm. Uh, the two of you together now means that I have regenerated myself as this final master boss, and you will have to defeat me. But and what, I have all the power of all of the his, Sith behind me. What was his plan? Because at one point he wanted Ray dead, but then he also wanted was, Ray to join him. It's like, what, it was, do, what do you want, mate? It was like a being John Malkovich moment where if she if she kills him, he gets to inhabit her body and his spirit goes into her along with all the other Sith. So I think it's John Malkovich. It's as far as I can take it. R- rubbish. The fact that we are so confused can barely remember the name of the films and the characters and yeah. the big plot points in these three films. Well, they didn't have big plot points. The second film didn't have a plot. I mean, the second film of... I mean, Empire Strikes Back doesn't really have a plot. It doesn't really have a beginning. I mean, it has a little bit of character... has great character development, mm. but that's it. So I could kind of understand that, but no, it's just a bad film. So you... But... Go on. But... But... 
is Star Wars rubbish? Well, so you have to you have you look at the evidence. Nine films, and we'll probably do another episode at some point. Let's about, call it eleven films plus yeah. TV series plus blah blah blah. But yeah, let, let's let's base this de- decision on the nine primary films, and we can t- discuss some of the um, pros and cons of Solo and Rogue One and so on, and the Mandalorian once we've seen it. Yep. Um, we can do that in another episode. But if you look at the evidence, there are nine films, and I would say. Two and a half. Two and a half are really good. Yeah. So on on the balance, overall, I love Star Wars, but I love the universe and I love those original characters. Even though Luke's a whiny git, I still. <laughs> You'll take Luke over anyone else. And the better thing is, the devil you know. But and we're not alone though, because most I think I feel like most Star Wars fans don't like Star Wars either, which is the weird thing. They they love Star Wars, and because they love Star Wars, they hate Star Wars. Yeah, because it'll never live up to what they want it to be. No, and it can't. It'll never live up to expectation. It but was never going to do that anyway. That said, and, and, and we can kind of start to come into land here, The Mandalorian, which we'll come back to when it's kind of, when we've seen the whole thing. Have you seen any of it yet? No, so this is what, this was going to be my last point of... TV series, things like uh, The Clone Wars and The Mandalorian, I think that is the kind of place where the Star Wars universe, the smaller stories within it, can really shine. Mm. Where you're not trying to do this big picture thing, where you're not trying to... We're not trying to cram in the whole, you know, Skywalker bloodline into everything, where you can just have smaller stories... I mean, I love the Obi-Wan Kenobi story. I would love to see a, a TV show mm. following him and all of that. Well, there was going to be, but I think they put the uh, put it on pause. But but what happens in The Mandalorian in, in the first episode? There's not loads and loads of stuff going on, but it just feels like it's Star Wars, but not in a kind of... You know in um, Force Awakens when they go into that Cantobite-esque... Not Cantobite... Um, the Katana scene. The Katana-esque scene. Yeah. And it feels really on the nose. And it's really like, oh, forced. Yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. Forced Awakens. Oh, oh. that's the best name for it. <laughs> forced Awakens. Um, <laughs> but it, in this, it's got similar moments, but it feels natural. So you think, man, they just need to put John Favreau on everything because... I'm a fan of John Favreau. He's really steered it. Who who would have known? Little Pete Becker from Friends would have gone on to. That's my first reference to him. <laughs> it's everyone's watching first him, reference to him. Watching him do his kickboxing, yeah, booty boot, punching and everything, and getting anyway. Who who knew that he could do such great things? Well, not me, but Marvel. But no, first, I now this. I think just having breathing room in something, being able to not have. The forced awakens everything on the nose. Be mm. able to take your time and enjoy the universe that you're in, rather than try and do everything for everyone and do nothing for no one. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's even things that kind of seem so by the by, but matter. Whereas, so you think of the original films, and everyone has shorthand. Well, you've got a New Hope. You've got New Hope, Empire, Jedi. Like that's how you refer to them. 
Yeah. And then The Last Jedi ruined that because you say Jedi and it's like, which one? Uh, Little things yeah. like that just do my head in. And I think, so overall, I think I love Star Wars, but I don't think there is, an, there is a definite argument to say, on balance, it's mostly rubbish. <laughs> Which is, is Star... it's so oxymoronic, but is Star Wars rubbish? Yes. <laughs> Do I love it? Yes. Mm. Would I choose to live in that universe? Could I live in that universe? Would it be an option? I'd give it a go. <laughs> You'd have your hand cut off very quickly. Would I regret it? Yes. Would I do it again? Probably. Mm. So I think, ultimately, it's a weird thing, isn't it, where you can love something, but ultimately know it's bad for you. It's like being in a bad relationship. (laughs) If you love it, let it go. Yeah. Star Wars is basically a really attractive girl with a really bad personality. (laughs) (sighs) And that's probably a good place to, um, to land. It is. You're right. That's. I think we've come to a, a fantastic conclusion that it's. It's really bad for you. It's going to get you into drugs and alcohol. Mm. It's going to make you cry for hours on end. Every now and again, it's going to make you think you're going to have a hope that it's going to come back and be great. But you can always look back on it fondly. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers, Dave. Yeah. Nice one, Dave. And see you again. See you again. Bye.